Good to be back for episode two. Uh, I didn't know if we'd make it after one. I don't think we'll ever do another guestless. <laughs> well, it's been positive. The feedback's been positive. I mean, people were wanting a guest at the end of it, but we've got one now. <laughs> we got one now. So you had a challenge at the end of uh, yes. guest list to go yes. and find ourselves an actor. How did you go with that? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done very well, just not for this episode. Oh, so we haven't got an actor coming on this episode? No, no, we don't. We don't. But but that's only just due, due to schedules, conflicting schedules. Yeah, it's all right. But I'm actually glad that I was know, a fail because we've been chasing this guest for a long time. And, and she I, was married to a famous actor. Was married to a famous actor. Spartacus. Andy okay. Whitfield. Andy yep. Whitfield. Life coach, mentor, speaker, filmmaker. Author, filmmaker, everything. Author, yep. Coaching. Is this for me? Is this for yeah, I, I, need, I, yeah, yeah, it's a little segue into. I think you've, it's a little little pointed. This at me. I need a bit of a coach. Yeah, I think we both need a little bit of. Uh, that Who doesn't? Yeah. I can't wait. How? What's okay, if you're driving your car right now, seriously, pull into the left lane and just let the traffic cruise on by this episode the banger one of the best today on the show we have vashti whitfield vashti has lived worked and breathed a life driven by a passion to provoke inspire facilitate and essentially transform human potential after the death of her husband andy whitfield vashti chose to convert her own tragic loss into a catalyst to educate and inspire millions of people around the world vashti's a filmmaker a writer a speaker and a life coach, one of the best. I've known Vashti for over three years. Vashti now collaborates and works alongside individuals and an ever-growing global community on how to harness human potential through purpose and passion. Welcome to the show, Vashti Whitfield. Hey, thanks for coming in. So excited. It is exciting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. is exciting. We, we had a bit of a failure in season one. We had eight, ten episodes? Ten. And two women. So you're our third. Yeah. And we, we've copped that from the women in our lives since. So, Well, I will be very, very, very happy to be your third woman. Yes. yes. And we have a fourth coming in this week. So we, we're we, working we, on Yeah, we've got a – I don't know how it happened too because we're – you know, we've got such strong women in our lives and we had all these guests, but a lot of them did – for you know, it was COVID times. You know, yeah. it just seemed to be that it was pretty male-dominated, which we're going to change this season. We're well, I imagine that. the first season wasn't that successful as a result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it really boring. Wasn't. Actually, yeah. It actually wasn't. Everyone oh, you know, remember the first one we did, one with Tim Ross, and Tim Ross is like a radio DJ, and we thought, we'll just put this out in the world, and everyone loves Tim, so it'll just go through the roof. Well, hang on. We had Elodie. We had like 250 listeners well, in the first month. I'm going, is this even And then the suddenly edge? we had Elodie Pullen, yeah, and, Elodie. She, and then we went up to thousands and thousands, and th- you know, so there you go. Yeah, the, Elodie. For, she saved our first there season. You go. She yeah. did save it. It's so interesting because the ones I listen to, I'm often surprised because guests come on and who they are in the world is so entertaining. Mm. And then when they get behind the mic and it's a little more personal, you're like, who is this boring fucker? Yeah. You know, so it's it's interesting who comes to life in podcasts. It's it's funny you say that because we were – we were caught between, oh, should we have names? And, you know, like we had some people that were sort of, you know, famous on the first series, but then we didn't – you sort of think, oh, well, do I just bring someone in? Like last week, which is going to be an episode coming up, we had, beautiful. A, so we beautiful. had a friend of ours called Dave Winner who had a life who, you know, literally drowned and died and came back to life and a 70-year-old you know year old bodyboarder and it was the most incredible hour. I mean, he's not a household name. Like he, he actually died, broke his back, Emma's told he would never walk again and a year later – He's walking. He walked he came, in. He came in here. But also, I it's that interesting thing of what people associate with, whether it's fame or celeb- celebrity or whatever it is. When we start to talk about things that 
everybody can relate to, like death, yeah, yeah. loss, happiness, faith, all of those things, people's ears prick up. So yeah. to hear a story like that from anyone, mm. and especially someone a sage in age, is pretty remarkable. Mm. Do you think, I think in terms of your life experiences, which are incredibly similar to Dave, I mean, do you think that's the connection you have with people is that you've been through, plus you've got these life experiences as well? Well, first of all, I would never say my experience was similar to Dave because my husband died of cancer. True. Um, my husband. Sorry, sorry about that. Why? Don't, don't apologise. Don't yeah. apologise. Yeah. And please don't cut that for goodness sake because okay. this is one of those things because what you're actually saying to me is, you know, can you relate to that? Because yeah. it's about loss. It's about death. It's about finding life again. It's yeah. about, you know, the things we go through when we look at death or, or yeah. have someone die. So please don't cut yeah, that because no, it's really no. important. But what I was going to say is I think people relate to me. It's it's not just about the uh, commonality or the compassion or it, about death and loss. Uh, they love the idea that anyone and everyone – suffers mm. right great loss at some point they also love the idea of a love story like yeah. everyone loves the idea that like, oh my god you had your soul partner and oh my god you did all these amazing things but then they also relate to this heartbreak mm. because it's strange we want to read about you know we want to know about the magical five minute morning to be super successful yeah but we also really want to hear about people doing it really tough but we want to know they're going to be okay, especially mm. when kids mm. are concerned. Yeah. So the way people relate to me is like it's almost through two portals. One is through the loss and the sadness, and then the other is through the kind of regeneration, like the gentleman you talked about mm. there. It's like the coming back. It's the yeah. overcoming. It's the resilience. Yeah. Um, and it's the, it's the what's that space in between mm. that people are curious about. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Well, I, I reached out to you through recommendation of, from friends. When I reached out to you to connect for me as a, a business owner and a family man I in my company I have no boss and the thing I found interesting about what you were talking to was accountability for the choices we make in life and when I reached out to you originally it was like because I felt like I had no one I'm just doing my thing running my business without a board or without a boss I'm like that feels like the wrong thing I need to be running ideas off people which is why we connected but it was was that pre-COVID and then the world just sort of you know, like went time, spun out of control. I have no idea. It's a bit like having somebody like pop something in your drink. Yeah. With grief anyway. And, mm. and when you're living with somebody with a terminal illness, time just goes into some mush. Yeah. Then chuck COVID on the top of that. And I'm like, what year is it? What's my name? <laughs> yeah, How? Yeah. I think we came together just bef a little while before, before COVID. That, yeah. But I just want to say, speak into what you said. Like you came to me... And, and I think it's important for our listeners here. There are so many people now, especially the way the world works, right? Running their own shows. Mm. If they've chosen to make the leap from that kind of corporate mm. environment mm, yeah. or where there's a hierarchy or whether you're beholden to somebody else's, you know, mm. orders and schedules, yeah. you create on your own. And it's incredibly um, challenging and inspiring and opportunistic. But what I notice all the time, and particularly when Luke and I were just talking about this with creatives, and you haven't got a support structure yeah. or someone to bounce off, it can be this kind of vicious cycle. I think of it like, you know, kids, we've all got kids here. When they mm. hit about one or when they can start to walk, this thing starts to happen where they walk away from you. They like to come up and then touch against your leg and then they walk again and then they come back and they touch your leg, knowing that the security's there, yeah. but they can go out independently. My 18-year-old's doing the same. It's mm, like, sure. yeah, whatever, mum. But then and he comes back to just for dinner yeah. and then goes away. 
I find that independent business owners, even entrepreneurs, high-level entrepreneurs, we all need someone to just nudge against, yep. check in with our thoughts, check in like introspectively what's going on, the way we're doing things, but then have the freedom to go back out there. Yep. And it's the same, it's the same, interestingly, at the other end of the spectrum with the grief and the loss piece. You know, mm. how do I process this? How do I go out there and be with it and cope with it? But then can I just come over here and just be a mess for a moment with yeah, you yeah. and then go back out again? Yeah. I think that was well, you've I think that was going to be my first question, wasn't it? Because I, on the way in, I said, oh, why, why do I need a life coach? And I said, I want to ask Vashti that because it's funny that when I was talking to my parents the other week about uh, who was coming on this, you know, she said, oh, and I said, I was talking uh, about yourself and were there life coaches back when our parents, you know what I mean? Because she said, it seems like it's everywhere now. And it's kind of like, and I was saying the way on, it, what's broken here? Because there was a thing in the paper, the Herald the other day about six of the top 10 New York Times bestsellers were kind of self-help. I don't want to put it in under that broad spectrum as opposed to, you know, 20 years ago where there were six Stephen King books there. It's just become such a – it's okay to do that now. Mm. I, I'm not going to say it's like Tinder, but it's like – remember when – But that's the evolution of anything, isn't well, it? You any, know, for, for dating me, apps used to be sort of – now it's okay to say, yeah, I'm not comparing date. it to a dating app, life no, coach, No, no, no but I'm saying that society has enabled it, – it's, it's, it's okay. Everyone talks about having a coach. It's not like, you know, like yeah. everyone talks about in – people in therapy it's, yeah. it's it's not sort of taboo i think from the flip side of that is and i'm is uh, how wonderful is it that we have access to this now that you know if, if i well, i mean when i first started my business a long time ago my first business was a disaster and i must admit i felt like i was out in the world on my own without any answers going what do i do now and the guys who were beside me at the start when it was all going well weren't there at the end it roll and i think wasn't. though you've got to go back because what we have to look at is culture culturally and systemically what's acceptable Right. Yeah. So if you look at British, it's like stiff up a lip. It's yeah. like just soldier on, soldier man on up, get over move it. forward. Mm. Right. If you if we go to America, what we start to look at is, you know, the evolution of the extrovert, which is where salesmanship, you know, going yeah. from door to door began, where you had to be an extrovert. And the sort of mindset around anything's possible, you know, you can be your best self, yeah. how, how yeah, to man. succeed and win. So what you're starting to see is a cultural shift. Um, and in a way that wasn't there before, like big noting yourself, yeah. like, you know, being an advocate for yourself. If you go into other cultures, certain, you know, I work with a lot of sort of different Asian cultures. It is absolutely inappropriate to be an advocate for yourself. Bounce into a room and I'm here. Well, not just I'm here, but tell me why you deserve the job. Yeah, you know, yeah. you'd never sit there and say, well, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. So we go into this really important place where what's changed is before you said it used to be a psychiatrist, it was all about analysing. It was all about learn understanding what we think the brain does, right? Now mm. what we have exposure to through things like psychotherapy, modern psychology, positive psychology, uh, now what we know about the brain, mm. which, to be honest, is fairly recent, there's information that's accessible to all. So what you might hear me describe as like thinking systems, which is like, let's just call it like self-doubt or second guessing yourself or very black and white thinking, mm -hmm. fixed mm -hmm. mindset. We now will hear termed as cognitive distortions, you know, like someone that catastrophizes like, what if the snow comes down and my kids get wiped out? Mm -hmm. You know, what if they win the race instead? Yeah. So there's terms now that are actually explaining in less mm -hmm. of a kind of spiritual context, which if you go to then Buddhist or Ram Dass, there's a much more spiritual 
spiritual understanding yeah. of why and how. Mm. Eckhart Tolle, be here now. Yeah. You know, that yeah. will stop the anxiety in a second if you're in the present, not the future or the yeah. past. So we've got this amazing duality now accessible to us that is science-based, biologically based, and in books. You know, look, you can literally buy at the garage. or yeah. And then you've also got this much more accessible spiritual learning that, again, is not so wishy-washy. It's really clear and it's backed by the people like Brene Brown, mm. uh, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, some big players that sit in the middle that give you both. So people now feel like they've got permission and performance now shows out there in the marketplace that the person, and even in military, the one that's going to do the best job is the one that is, you know, immediately. Uh, emotionally intelligent, uh, intuitively mm. intelligent. And if they haven't got that inside information, that insight, they're, they're never, ever going to be what they could be. And that's mm. where I'll stop speaking, but we move into that, like, puke no, in your going. own mouth. Keep going. Please the, keep the, going. The piece where we call potential. Because it's like, it's one of those words where you're like, fuck me. If someone yeah. says potential again, I'm going to literally take my own mm. life. I always had, Isn't that I always had potential. Isn't no. that anyone? Don't we no. all? Isn't no. that just the base? Isn't that no. just, you know? Well, we, we all have potential, but the point is, and this mm. is what I'm seeing all the time at the moment, because I'm seeing potential. people running their own businesses and juggling parenting yeah. um, or tearing their hair out because they're just trying to manage a job where the emails don't ever end or yeah. the next, you know, level of responsibility. It's I'm all of the above. You're all of the above. Yeah, You've torn all your hair yeah, out, but you, you still look very <laughs> handsome, so <laughs> you're okay. You. There you go. We're at this place now where it, I call it the difference between capability versus capacity. Like, mm, we're all really brilliant. wildly capable, but we haven't got the capacity to do it. Mm. And so that's where this whole challenge of, like, what do you actually want to but be But that's doing? interesting you said that before. It, about the potential, like, because schools are, were, were very tailored towards – you know, John is potential or, you know, Rachel is, as opposed to someone that hasn't. So someone wasn't told, you've got no potential. For, for what? You know what I mean? To, to, to be a scientist, to be a doctor, mm. which I guess it was down to an academic way when we went to school. And it still is. I mean, there's there's classes for academically gifted potential students. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm interested in the, the other end of the scale, though. You talked about capacity. That, yeah. that to me, the, I've been going through this exact same thing. So I found myself during lockdown, taking on more because I had more time mm. and going, yeah, I'll get involved in that. Yes, I'll get involved in that. Pre that, I was really good at saying, if I do this, what does my life look like in 100 days or 90 days from now? Like I look three months out and go, okay, Luke, there's a podcast on. How does this influ influence my life in 90 days' time? What am I going to be doing? And do I want to still do it? Because if it looks different, or I'm not motivated by You'd it. You'd often say that to me, yeah. Motivated yeah. by the if look and feel of that. I'm not going to get something out of it. I would just say no. And I was really good at saying no. Something happened where I said, oh, yeah, let's get involved in that. And I found myself sort of coming into this chapter of my life at capacity, like having a meltdown. Mm -hmm. And the feeling of that was, and even though this isn't true, going to bed at night feeling like you're letting people down, it clogs your brain, it clogs your creativity. So all of a sudden the things that you're setting up in the morning to do, you're doing everything but – and now you don't feel like you're progressing and you're, and you're moving forward, you know. I say I share this thing with my kids, right? So mm. they're gorgeous dad. Sorry, audience. Their dad croaked it at nearly 39, right? Mm. A month away from his 40th birthday. And so my son's... How old were the kids then? Four and seven, mm. three and six kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so my son's just finished his HSC, which is the exams you do to get into yeah. uni for people listening outside of Australia and or go out there into the world, finish school basically. And so many parents around 
are freaking out. And if yeah. one more person asks my poor son, do you know what you want to do? I am oh literally going to right hook them. Because given what their mum yeah. their mum does, you know, which is basically coach a, a ridiculous amount of humans between the ages of 40 and 55 that go, mm. oh, my God, I don't want to live out the rest of my life doing the same old shit. I wish I'd yeah. done what yeah, I yeah, loved, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say this to my son. I hold up my left hand and I point to the first four fingers. And I say, holding onto my thumb, if this is the first 10 years... My index finger, this is the second 10 years, middle finger, third, next finger, fourth. I said, you're nearly halfway through your life if for some reason you croaked it the same time as your dad. So for goodness sake, don't spend, for fuck's sake, mm. don't spend your time worrying about or yeah. like dive into life, try things, go for it. You've got to yeah, make yeah. mistakes. But then like you said, you've got to refine it. You've got to put boundaries in place mm. to say, this is what I choose to do and this is what I choose to let go yeah. of. Because so, it's yeah. not just about life is short. It's about each stage of life mm. is there to teach us something. Sometimes they're really hard. Like yeah. sometimes it's like the shittest decade you've ever had of your life. Yeah. And then it moves into something else. Yeah. But I think it's like it's this critical piece that wherever we are in life, we just keep coming back to the table and going, is this in alignment with who I am and what I want so and what good. I want to create? Yeah, yeah. Because I just see it all the time, this like waiting for or this planning for. Mm. And yes, you need to do the bit of planning and, yeah. and think about it. But the dangerous thing is, is we get into this habit of holding on to what we did because we might have spent a fortune on school or building a business or a marriage or whatever. And we suddenly look down and we go, this isn't who I am or what I want anymore. Mm. And we look at our life forward and we go, what do I want? And so you've got to keep coming back to so this good. place of, of adjusting. Yeah. And we're not great as humans doing that yeah. because we get so attached to what we've created or mm. what we're frightened of not having. Yeah, that question to kids is an incredible question to say, what are you going to do or what are you going to be? We always say to our, our daughter, she's 19, she's a pro skier. She's had a really good job on Channel 7 commentating. And people say, oh, Mia the skier. And we remind Mia, like, no, you're not Mia the skier. You're Mia the human who skis. Yeah. So if skiing's taking away, you're Mia first. It's one and piece of your yeah, life just one so piece. far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and people go, what if she fails? And we're like, fail what? Like, fail what? You know, I had a good friend of mine said it the other day. It's like, what if she doesn't make it back? I'm like, to what? It's just skiing. But it's the labelling. Yeah. So when my son was seven and his dad died, people kept saying, you know, and some of these, I want you to know, psychologists, you know, mm. and I am not a, a fan of using this line, but should know better, yeah. would pat him on the shoulder and say, no, you're the man of the house now. <laughs> what are you awesome. going to do? You've got to take yeah. care of your mum. And I would yeah. literally take Come him on. to the side and say, no. I'm the adult here. It's yeah, my yeah. job to take care of you. It's wow. your job Old to have school. fun. So going back to your gorgeous daughter, who's an incredible young woman, we just do it. We mm. label. Mm. So, you know, yeah. and I'm, I've got some really dear friends um, and they're, they're young and is really up and coming and I'm just going to be mindful about what I say, but he, they're young and is very driven by succeeding and, and fear of failure already and he's an incredible little sports person mm. and I just keep saying, be careful or my version is full of care because so you set up in this individual and for everyone around this little person who's still not even a teen, that who they are is this sport mm -hmm. and winning or failing is what success looks like is going to be a very rocky road ahead. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I saw it's very it. hard though, isn't it, when everything you see on the is, – is success. Everything's – you know, especially in the social media world. You got to me How do you measure success? That's the other thing. Well, I, I, I love this Brene Brown comment. So she was doing an interview with someone and I was loving this. I was on a walk down the beach one day with my earphones in and – her daughter come home and she said, Mum, I want to be a doctor or I want to be, I want to go to uni and be a ex, whatever it was. I can't remember what it was at the time. But she said, well, if you know what you want to be, I can't support you. 
She said, but if you want to go to uni and learn what you could be or what you might become and you want to do a different course every year, I'd go you 100%. But if you know where you want to be right now, it's like, I can't. I haven't got you. Can't help you on that. Oh, but that's if, but if tough. That's but if tough. your goal is to go out into the world and, and discover, I'm right behind you. And and that's what she does. She went to uni and two years later she changed to something else and she's not doing what she was going to do. But, but I think that's sort of nice. I though. think that's about, and I call it inoculating, it's just about saying, and this is, this is what you said, Luke, about it's hard because it's all about success and failure, yeah. right? And there are all these shades in between. And so if we actually explore, especially with our young or and or in a much more broader term, that let's talk about the shades in between because, you know, what is success and what is failure just in everyday occurrences? Mm. Because that's where we become. I was listening to this favourite podcast at the moment and it's with Jason Bateman. Um, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Love and, and he was interviewing. Um, yeah. He was interviewing Bradley Cooper and Bradley Cooper is Josh was. Um, was saying to him, and I won't go into it too much, but he was saying, you know, there's a point where I said to Bradley, like, you were a bit bit of an arsehole tonight. Like, mm. you were really, really tough on everybody. And, you know, by the way, have you taken your dogs out to the bathroom? Because they, they look like they need a wee sort of thing, meaning mm. that he'd just forgotten time. And um, Cooper starts to talk about that's where he was, like, so insecure and so didn't know who he was. And I think he was, like, in his early, like, 37 mm. yeah. still there. Yeah. And was really had major addiction going on with coke as well mm. and when we talk about that sort of stuff on the outside everybody would have thought this guy was nailing Perfect, it right yeah. it's the hangovers just come out it's like mm. this is what we do we are responsible often for the downfall of others by putting them on this pedestal of being successful mm. when in their mind they're not successful they're just juggling what's happening in their world and yeah. usually these pretty traumatic things are going on and so we become dangerous in our own insecurities by calling us a failure and someone else's success when really they're just in a different place at a different time mm. juggling with their own things the same things does that make sense that so yeah, it, this sure. is where i always say we have to be super careful where we look at ourselves and measure ourselves against somebody else without just bringing this all onto this line of being mm. vulnerable human humans beings. yeah that's so true how do you deal with that so you you run a business you've Personally. got clients yeah at a personal level so if you if you can because I'm, I'm sure if i pitched you where I'm at in my life, you'd be able to help me navigate that in a positive way. Who do you talk to? It's a really interesting question because I am, you know, I'm at this, uh, the tail end of my 40s. So I'm about to mm. turn 50. And not only is everything changing that used to be inward and shaped in quite magnificent sculpted form, <laughs> it's now looking like it's trying to run away from my yeah, body. Yeah. Um, and also my kids are coming to a different stage, yeah. right? Uh, I don't, I'm not with a partner that helps navigate or you kind of, you know, bump up against and go, where do you want to go? What are we doing together? And I've been doing this work for a really long time. And I have a certain identity that people associate with me. And yet it feels like it's coming to an end. So it's really challenging because I'm at this sort of stage of knowing that what's next is mm. coming, but mm. not quite knowing what I want that to be. And I call it somewhere in between yeah. where you feel like a failure almost using that word because you don't know exactly what it looks like because you haven't morphed into this person that you want to become yet yeah. because I'm still doing the single parent gig. I'm still running my business. So I'm, I'm full and I'm mm. busy. So it's really hard doing that by yourself because like mm. we talked about yeah. earlier, but because I'm not buffing up against anyone and because I, I need to 
There's this awesome quote, which I will absolutely fuck up because I'm famous for misquoting, which is, and there's two versions, right? One of it is never take, um, what's the word, directions from somebody that hasn't left home. Yeah. Right. And the idea is we go to these people like maybe a coach or a friend or a parent. Right. And we ask them for advice, but mm. they can't really because perhaps they've never, ever left Australia or perhaps they've never gone out of their own comfort mm. zone. And I'm in this place now where I'm like, I want to do some pretty bonkers things, yeah. but I don't know who to go to. To, to take that help and actually over the last five years I've literally pissed so much money down the drain trying with different people you know I'll mm. go to a coach but they don't quite get the scale of the life I've lived or the the, the sorrow I've felt mm. so they don't know how to help me package mm. that into something or I'll go to somebody from a digital media perspective and they'll try and you know make me this formula but that's not me either yeah. so <clears throat> it long-winded answer to your question I think me and so many people find themselves trying to say this is who I'm going to mm. be now a bit like kids coming out of college this is what I want to do but I actually need to give myself this period of time and it sounds so wanky to become because yeah. at the moment I'm still half wearing mum's hat and holding a laptop being a kind of business owner at the same time and in the middle of that is this whole other Vashti that hasn't quite got the time or the bandwidth yeah. to become yet isn't it cool that you know that though I think when people take on too much and chew away and don't really get to the end of it and everything sort of things just break and nothing really. I think it's amazing you have that awareness. You know, some days it feels like absolute clarity and other days it feels like you're kind of, you know, nails down a chalkboard mm. where you go, mm. can I just be in the next chapter? You know, yeah. and there's that impatience. I mean, you must know as as, yeah. as creatives as well, you know, when there's like a, there's a film on the table or something's about to happen and you put all your energy into it and the excitement and then they go, actually, we're not going to green light like this just yeah, yet. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, so what is the chapter actually about? So I, I call it the reinvention. It's the ability in any given moment, in any given hour, in any given day, a week, month, year, to just keep coming back to, okay, what can I do today mm. and not get caught on what you can't do? Yeah. How much of this person we see in front, after Andy's death, did was this you before as well? I just see this amazing life force, you know, like, I, sorry to get personal, but no, I find it fascinating because we're all talking about the, the specifics yeah. of where you are now, but I'm just, as a filmmaker, you know, I'm thinking about where you were. Yeah. Is this you? In Such an amazing question, actually, Luke. I have recently been working with this fantastic woman and um, – First of all, I was she was my client, and then I thought about perhaps using her once we finished it to, to help me with some work. And I said, I think actually what I'd love you to do is watch the documentary um, because you'll get a bit of a yeah. sense because you know me now as this kind of powerhouse, yeah. but I actually want you to see the range. So she watched this documentary, and usually when I ask people specifically to watch it because I need them to have a reference point to kind of the, the past, if mm. you like, I'm actually end up. I actually end up processing their grief. You know, yeah. people come out of the doco and mm. they they kind of knock sideways, yeah. and it often becomes about. And I'm very much used to then holding yeah. that space for others. You're right. Mm. And what blew my mind was what she said to me. The first thing she said, she said, "Whoa," and she didn't talk about any of the emotion or Andy dying or the kid. She just said, "What I realized." is this is who you are. Yeah. You were like this when he was fine and you were living in LA. Like you were, you have always been, this is who you are. And so I don't quite think you're that amazing because you had all this strength and force. And I was like, well, okay, thank you. But what was really interesting was it, I think many people follow me because they think of the strength that's been acquired 
with the adversity. Yeah. But it's also, you know, sometimes we are born or because of our childhood, we have this utter kind of determination to grab it by the balls. And I think that's yeah. a part of who I am, even the really tough stuff. Yeah. So where do you think that comes from? Look, there are so many ways you could answer that. I do believe wholeheartedly that we are born into this world biologically and we have a certain way about us, you know, yeah. like the inevitability. Now, I also think that that can get beaten out of us due mm. to circumstances, right, yeah. uh, you know, societal, <clears throat> parents. Yeah. I, I believe that. And you see some thrive and you see some only just survive in that situation. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one part. The second part is I I think we have certain brain structures. Yeah. And one of the way my brain works versus my sister's brain, but, you know, both different ages but same experiences mm -hmm. was – we had some pretty big trauma in our childhood and some extraordinary life experiences traveling the world. Um, I have always turned that into strength and force and connection with human beings. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you said, I'm yeah. fascinated by human beings. Yeah. Whereas some people were become more fearful. And so for me, it's always been about taking the pain and giving it purpose. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I just think so many great artists and directors and writers and, and musicians the, the grief and the resilience that comes from grief. And I always question, would this great work have come out had it, you've just answered that question, would it have come out had, you know, your partner not died, had mm -hmm. your son not died, something like that, you know what I mean? Because there seems to be such amazing richness that has come from such tragic circumstances a lot of times. I, you know? I love, there are certain beliefs, you know, we all have fundamental beliefs, conscious and unconscious. And I have one of my beliefs, which annoys the shit out of so many people, and they will often tell me that, which I love, is that I believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm. And I've had someone come up and say, you know, can you tell me honestly that my six-year-old dying has reason behind mm -hmm. it? And of course, it's inexplicable. And what goes on in the world is inexplicable. Mm. And, and I was thinking about this on the drive over here. I was thinking about Braille. And I was thinking about, you know, when you stand next to the traffic lights and there's a yeah. little piece of Braille. Mm. For me, it's always about feeling the texture of what the inexplicable is offering up. And mm. that's, if you if you close your eyes and touch I always, that. I always touch that. Yeah. But, but, but do you know what I mean? Well, it's, look, it's, since COVID, I always touch it all the time. True. Well, I, Fair I, call, I, but slide I think down. that we, we all, we're we all different. Yeah, it's when you start, like, licking it. Licking yeah, it's, right. yes. it's a yeah, bit yeah. of a concern. Yeah, but yeah. I just think without getting too heavy, like, I think it's like some people will be lost in the pain of it and others will want to feel the mm. ups and the downs, the variations, the letters that, that come out of it. And I, I just believe wholeheartedly that, if there isn't any texture, we just yeah. don't live into the human experience because mm. this is fucked up mm. um, conditioning we have that yeah. the human experience is about happiness, success, mm. joy, uh, and parts of it are. Mm. But the reality is, is we didn't ha we didn't have all this extraordinary nervous system to only feel one way mm. and it's like a mm. picture of it's yeah. one color or a film it's boring as fuck yeah. so you actually need this tonality and this color and these extremes i i feel it's a bit like an accordion it's like yeah, yeah. yeah so i just feel that that's what it's about and for many and not everybody they have the capacity to deal with it mm. and some just don't yeah. you know yeah. and that is just <clears throat> 
how it is. And going back to our original question yep. about coaching, and you call it life coaching, I'm, I'm always, I change the language depending on who I'm with of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But when we taught, which is why a lot of people have migrated from the documentary to working with or following me or when I speak, it's like, I want to know how I can learn to cope with, mm -hmm. not just perhaps grief, but the fucking day to day, because mm. that's actually where people are really suffering. Mm. Like, I don't know how to deal with my feelings. You know, if you're a 50 year old hormonal woman, let me tell you, it's not fun because you kind of wake up thinking you want to throw yourself off the balcony. And then you go get your hormones checked and you're like, oh, that's why that's happening. Not the multitude of thoughts I've made up or the stories running about what a failure I am or why I haven't written seven books. It's because I need some bloody estrogen. Mm. And so <laughs> when we when we actually understand also how to think differently, biologically, how to shift mm. that if we can, all of a sudden people are more adept at feeling that braille. Yeah, that yeah. Makes sense. I love that so much. My mum used to say everything happens for a reason to everything. And it was so comforting to me to know that I could go and fuck up and she'd just go, it happened for a reason. Let's go and break that down. Yeah. And it, it prompted a conversation for us. So we were really close in a sense that I felt like I needed to tell her why things happened because I wanted to know the reasoning behind things. Yeah, I love that. And it made me really responsible and aware of that. And I say it to my kids all the time, you know. So I think, um, you know, one of the things when Mia blew her knee a year ago, she was four weeks out from the Olympic Games, ready to go in the mindset that she's an Olympian and then it's taken away from her. Um, I think she dealt with it very well because I think we were very aware of that. You're Mia who skis, not me or the skier, which was really important. But again, it was like, let's pl what's plan B? Let's go and kick the shit out of plan B. You know, what are you going to do now? You know, what can you do? What can, you, what can your body do now that it can't do then? And it's just got to be something different. But don't you think, like for me, the, the instant thought that comes into my mind was, and, and I know the pain, so I'm acknowledging mm. it's always duality. Mm. It's not just like, hey, awesome, I blew my knee out or, yeah. you know, I got hit by a truck. I feel like for a 17 year old young woman to blow her knee out when everything, everyone calls her the skier yeah. is actually a stroke of luck totally. because it's again, it's yeah. like, well, what's my other identity? You know, I, I talked to my son who's sort of looking mm. at what he might be curious about in the next few years. And I'm like, do not put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, like, yeah. like hack, explore, like be open to exploring for now because yep. you want, you know, you want to yeah. have options. What well, do you, I mean, it's a funny question. What do you do? It's, it's, it's gone to who am I? That, that defines yeah. what do you point. do? So I've got these, um, on both my knuckles, I've got stars tattooed. I do. I like it. And, I like and it. They're very sort of. I tried to make them as pretty and neat as possible because mm. I didn't want to look like I was going to like Punch you know, take you <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the reason they're there is because a friend of mine said to me, "You know, every time someone asks you what you do and you start talking, mm, mm, in mm. that moment you become their facilitator. Yeah. In that second, all of a sudden." That person is, and I become the facilitator. Yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden yeah, yeah. this dynamic is established instantaneously. Yeah, yeah. And if they've seen the film or they know anything, it's instantaneous. So what happens? You've got Vashti who's there, who puts on this sudden cloak of like, so tell me about you, Luke. Like, so what, mm, what mm, are you about? Mm. And, and I, it can be almost not manipulative, but it's who I go into being. And you go into being someone that you let me facilitate, right? And what happens is all of a sudden I become Vashti the parent or the coach with nothing in between. No. And I looked at my life and I was like, don't have that many friends in Sydney anyway. I mean, I do, my friends would hate me for saying this, but in terms of cl in close proximity, yeah. what else am I doing in my life at the moment other than parenting or working? And I was like, what are the other things? And my, my friend said to me, you keep creating that because you, the moment someone says, what do you do? You become this thing, right? So he said, I want you to do something that interrupts that. 
He said, what's something you always wanted to do but haven't done because of something to do with work? And I said, well, I've always kind of wanted, I've got quite a lot of income, my body, but mm. it's all covered up. So if I work in certain mm -hmm. countries mm -hmm. or in situations, it doesn't, I don't want it to disrupt people's thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of wanted a really kind of clean cut, sexy hand tattoo. And he's like, okay, you can do it, but you can't overthink it. And I came straight out of this conversation. And I said to my son, look, I, I think I'm going to get a hand tattoo, darling. And, but I'm thinking of like a really inspiring quote. And he's like, mum, and this is what my 17-year-old son <laughs> yeah, said. He yeah. said, no, you're doing exactly the same thing. You've just been told not to. You're doing something to perhaps inspire somebody else, which means mm. you then go into that space. You've got to do something for you. Yeah. So now with these funny little stars on my hand, people come up and they go, instead of what do you do? And they come over and they say, Nothing stars. What's that about? Yeah, and stuff. it Brilliant. totally opens up a conversation. So instead of asking people what they do, I always say to people, so... So tell me, what are you about? What are you about? What are you about? It's a new one. What are you about, Luke? Yeah, well, and it's, it's it's hard to answer because you're used to putting down into you know like it's 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 the old thing of like how you're feeling and you know you'll just default to fine even if you've had a terrible day. Most people are, don't like the confrontation of someone saying, "Yeah, I feel shit, really bad. I just lost a job or I just lost a, you know, we, we just we, we're so atoned to just sort of like. You know, my husband does this, I do this, I'm having a great day, have a good day kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas there's a lack of... Well, we're lazy with language also. You know. So that's the other thing. So, you know, if you were my children which roll, who roll their eyes constantly, they come in and they'll say, how? I say, how is your day? And they'll go, good. And I'll go... So what does good mean? No, go, you know, good. And I'm like, grunt. okay, what? You get what? good, I get just get a grunt. How was school? You know, they don't... Sometimes we ask questions that some somebody's not actually ready to talk about because sure. they haven't Good processed point. it. So we kind of go over there and we ask something else no, and, and, right. they, and they always circle back. Yeah. When we went to kindergarten, my the, we, we had a little um, – so Mia was in kindergarten and the teacher had a, like a little briefing for parents. And she said, my first uh, bit of advice for parents is don't ask your kids how their day was. And it's like, imagine when you go home from work and the first thing you get is, how's your day? It's like, oh, really? Do I need to break this down? So, so when the kids come home from school, it's like, don't ask them how they were, how their day was. Let them wait That's for a, them to that, tell you. Yeah. And we and I never forgot that. That's good advice. I'm going to start that because yeah. I, yeah, I get nowhere with it anyway. Oh, we love that. And we've, we've let that happen. And it's amazing how my son, who is a grunter, who doesn't say much, oh, yeah. will always talk about his day eventually. You know, it's I've amazing. said this many times before. One of the best things we used to do, although we're not we're not sitting down to dinner too much recently at the moment oh, together is the we just go around the table and it's like i think that's best, right. best thing worst thing and most challenging thing about you, you know? my kids are a bit younger than ben so we, we're just coming to that point of like wanting to have a a sit down that dinner thing yeah. you know i think that's a good space for it my son too that uh, he's about to turn 12 he'll he'll get to it like you say he won't say it as soon as he gets home he wants his space he'll go and sit a book and sit on the couch and have some quiet time but yeah. then when he's lying in bed or something he'll say something he'll to my wife to talk. he'll actually say this actually happened today yeah, yeah. and it was shit or, yeah. or, or this happened you know like and so it's, uh, it's nice and that's the piece like it's it's like human beings but particularly young depending on what age they are it, when they want to start to talk and often we're like oh great the lights are nearly out you know it <laughs> happens all the it's time it's in bed yep it's like with my son who's like stays up I, I need to go to bed by 9 yeah. 15 he'll come in and i'll be just like oh, getting mm. it and he'll be like so oh, and he'll start oh, talking yeah. he'll and unload. so i'm like okay i'm like rubbing my eyes i'm like here we go here comes He's the conversation about to yeah so you have to really really so be good. present um what i wanted to check in with though is because it's really interesting when i'm around a table with people and you know you're in this kind of conversations yeah. and juicy little things are coming out and then we move on to the next thing. Yeah. I was really curious about like the conversation so far and what it's really making you think about or what it's, tr like I use the word triggering or conjuring up for you because 
we've been quite dominant in this conversation. And I'm I knew that would happen. And I'm noticing you, you though. You talk in a very different way than I'm. I'm interested in. Yeah, that, like I said, I, I, the 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 under maybe that's me as a filmmaker or a writer just trying to say where did this all come from? Yeah, rather than the specifics of the of the actual lessons from yeah. the yeah. book. I'm interested in where the book originated. Yeah. If so, that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I love just, that. Just the way that I just think is just. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. I also, so when you have, and this is really, we can all relate to this as parents, right? So when you have certain people, um, there's this lovely term, expanders, you know, those that expand you, that make you think a lot. One of the most amazing things that both my parents taught me is to always look. Yeah. To look up, to look in. So, you know, I was just driving along the other day and I nearly crashed because I was looking at all the gorgeous little yellow flowers in the middle of the road that are coming up at the moment because it's spring here in mm. Sydney. And it's always looking at. So the origin for me of where I came from and where so much of this came from is about curiosity. Yeah. Curious about how something looks and feels. Curious yeah. about why somebody's being like that with a big fat fucking serve of judgment, which I inherited from my dad brilliantly. So like <laughs> I might be judging the shit out of that person or that thing at the same time or myself. Yeah. But there's this always been this like, you know, growing up on certain streets of like be being in Afghanistan, being in Turkey, being in so many different cultures as a kid, you don't get that Western conditioning. Yeah, You get that, oh, why? Oh, look at that amazing skin. Or I want my bindi there. Or how how is that person surviving on nothing? And so the curiosity is there. Yeah, And it's really interesting because... You know how we all have different hats and you know how you know like the classic thing is you go into a builder's house and it's like never done right mm. or a plumber they're like the bathroom doesn't work because usually yeah. we do these things for others but we often don't handle it for ourselves mm. and i'm fiercely judgmental on myself but yeah. when i work in life with people and with others and i put that hat on or that curiosity i'm just curious about everything so if it's death yeah. Or can I make this amazing shy engineer who's got so much potential believe in himself enough to go for castings and just say, fuck it. OK, we haven't got an income. We've got a new baby. Just go for that casting in L.A. Yeah. What's possible behind that? And it's not like the life is too short. That wasn't my mentality. It was always about what if. You know, like yeah. not what if it goes wrong, but what if and what could be. And to your point, like where does that come from? Some people are born with that. I think most of us, you know, every baby and puppy that you see mm. is like curious. Yeah. And then we just beat the shit out of it. Yeah. So I, that. that's where it comes yeah. from. And that truth too, like just talking to you, it's just so, like you look straight in the eye. Like it's just a... You know, I said to you before, because I have been quite cynical of the whole world of the coach, you know, I haven't really understood it because I, I, I haven't tapped into that world the same way. Oh, I talk to my wife about it all the time who listens to all these things and I'm like, because part of me had a cynical judge, like like I saw the salesman in a lot of them, you know, it's because I saw the Tom Cruise character in Magnolia and I saw this, you know, yeah. the behind the scenes kind of just bullshit. And, you know, I wondered, as everyone that does that, where does it come from? And listening to you now, and you you even acknowledging just the feeling when you two guys were just chatting, feeling that I was kind of just here as a, as a spectator, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then coming, checking back in. That's an amazing quality to have. I like to think that we've got that as well. Like we'll mm -hmm. always feel, you know, if you're having a conversation and you feel like, is this going to 
We, you, you, mm-hmm. So that's a really, thank you, I appreciate that yeah, because lovely. it's a really truthful just beat that you're not, you know, like I've chatted to so many people and you can tell when there's a just a, I'm here to do something and that was like, that just, yeah, I'll just keep with a massive truth bomb there. But, you know, Luke, I think, I don't think, we're all, I mean, you can you can do the um, analytical version of this in terms of science-based. So, yeah. for example, if, you know, if we look at, measure our actual strengths or, you know, psychometric testing, some people are all like, it's about achievement, accomplishment, results. Yeah. I am all about the experience. Yeah. So it's, which it, which is a absolute fucking disaster in business because people I have so I'm an ideas generator which is why I'm a fantastic coach working with businesses and individuals because I'm like what about what about what about what about Mm. but I'm terrible at execution right I don't mean chopping off people's heads I mean making things because for me my whole what makes my nips go hard and makes me happy is being in the moment yeah. because that's where things come mm. to life. So when I can feel around the table that we're having a really rich conversation, but I can also feel that there's another exploration to be had. I can't just ignore it because my delight in being here is in what comes out of us all speaking. Yeah. Right. So for some people, they will be thinking at the simultaneously. Okay, from a production perspective, what do we need to do? What 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 curves do we need to hit for this podcast? Yeah. So I can think about all of that at the same time, but yeah. it's still for me, if we're not getting what we want from this, yeah. it's a bit like crap sex, right? Mm. It's like it's yeah. not fulfilling. So that's what I, that's what my I'm always about that. Yeah, the moment, the emotion, the journey. You know, like in the films I watch, the music I listen, like yeah, it's not really about. It's about how I feel, you know. Which is why when we come back to the conversation that Ben spoke about or, you, you know, when we run our own businesses mm. or we we somehow aren't thriving, it's usually because we're either not using our magic enough or we haven't got a few of the other ingredients to actually bring it to life because we need That's usually great. need mm. certain other people. Totally. I was lucky enough to, you know, meet my bestie and, you know, find – my love, the love of mm. my life. And we were brilliant at that for each other. Yeah. And then the silly bugger died. And <sighs> so this this half is left. So I, I, you know, I'm always so in awe of these amazing either business partnerships at, yeah. or collaborations yeah, yeah, yeah. and or, you know, love affairs mm. where you match that for each other. Because I yeah. definitely would describe myself as, as um, and I say this without... Uh, disrespecting anyone that has it but i would still say i'm i'm limping a little i'm yeah. you know i'm definitely limping i'm missing that balance mm. because it can it can make it very hard if you're all about t- you know feel and moment or all about well, execution this is this is why me and him are a good marriage it's why my wife and i are a good marriage because my wife's a lot like this guy and it's 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 i'm always about the feeling i sometimes won't matter if there's five dollars in the like like I'll always be, but how do we feel? I'm, I'm, I'm in love, or I, 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 the La Boheme. I'm sort of like the Bohemian. That's kind of like, I could live like that. I don't think my wife could. I don't you're, know. you're a storyteller and a maker and a romantic. I, you yeah, know? I'm a total romantic. So I want to ask one more question about Andy. Just w- was it like a was it a love at first? Was it just? A, I know you probably mentioned that, before, but but was it something that for me it was with my wife? Not to say it hasn't been hard in other areas, but I was very much about how I and it still is the feeling that like. Yeah. As opposed to the actual practical elements of, you know, two artists living together. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't even think about that. How's this going to work? Is this stable? Is this, who cares? Can I ask how old you were when you met? Um, I was uh, 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 28. And she's similar? She's a few years younger. Okay. So the reason I ask that is because where we started this conversation was a bit, you know, about people will often – follow me or be in awe of the yeah, story yeah, because yeah. they 
love the love affair, you know, and yes. they love the tragedy of losing the love of your life and, you know, the amount of people... Sorry, have I drifted into cliché? No, 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 not at all, not yeah. at all. But what they love, and, and what I always say to people is, you know, you don't know. If I'd met Andy as a, a 48-year-old woman and he him being two years old or whatever, if we'd met you know, as the people we were later, right. whether we'd fallen, right? That's we all meet people at certain times. Yep. And, you know, one of the things Andy and I did for each other is we gave each other what we were lacking. You know, mm. he was attracted to my, like, force and energy and dynamism and fuck it, anything's possible. And he was, despite everybody thinking that I was fell for him because he was such a beautiful creature, mm. that was the lot. I loved big burly bastards. So he was not my type at all. But what I loved about him Are you is sure? he... He's a very good-looking human. Apparently. That's what Yeah, he's very good-looking. Apparently. Yeah, um, but what I was going to say... I fell in love with him because he was everything that I hadn't had in the males in my life. He was kind, he was soft, he was funny, he was dependable, he was even um, just so gentle. And I'd had this very kind of crazy upbringing with a very sort of fiery and unpredictable father, right? So we came together and that's what we fell in love with and it blossomed. Mm. And what was amazing is that we always shared the same values, which were about fun, which was about openness, which is about learning, right? And so we grew together. Now, cut forward to the, our first dalliance with, you know, being in the production world yep. and all of a sudden Andy literally having an assistant to wipe his ass and me at home with two tiny children in yes. the middle of nowhere being called the family. Mm. You know, I don't know where Vashti went, but it was the family. Oh, yeah. my God. And everybody spoke to me like I was a little bit like not How's your there. Yeah. And so, I met your wife. She's lovely. Yeah. And so all of a sudden we started to have challenges that we'd never had before. And there was one little moment and we never argued. We always talked everything through. There was one little moment and I have gone off track. We're going to come back yeah. where I turned around and I said, if this is what it's going to be, I'm out. Mm. This is not this is not what I call a balanced, loving relationship. And it was in that moment, and this is what was incredible about Andy, because he knew so clearly what his values were then. He said, well, you know what? Let's do the work because if this isn't going to work, I'll let it all go, yeah, right? Amazing. And we needed to have that, like, disruption. And I didn't do conflict because I grew up with way too much of it. So mm. for me, even having conflict made, in my mind, it was nearly over, right? Mm. So we had this amazing thing that made us be able to work together. Now, he died, obviously, mm. and I haven't yet repartnered, but the challenge is, right, is that everybody says, and I even described it earlier in a cliche way, describes it as the love of your life. But it was the love of my life then mm -hmm. because of who I was then and who we were then. Yeah. That's not to say it would have gone that way. We never know. You know, people like to... Um, what, what is it? They want. They kind of want to cryogenically freeze love yes. and say that, of course, they would have this happy life. We know what Hollywood is. Yeah. It's fucked. We know? had this conversation in the car driving here when we said who we were when we got married. We had this conversation in the car. Yeah. Is not who we are now. We are different humans, different people, but we've just fallen in love in, in different ways over and over again. I know I have with my wife. Yeah, you know, yeah, like we yeah. go through journeys. Like when I met her, she was a lawyer. Yeah. She's not a lawyer now. She's my wife and she's – 
you know, she's building a, her own little business and doing, having her own journey and we're in love with the change and the evolution of our lives. But that is because, and I, I talk about this a lot when I'm working with sometimes couples and or individuals that always come to me through a business sense mm. and then we always end up working on personal things. You know, yeah, to yeah, your yeah. point, that's why I don't usually call it life coaching because that scares certain people away. Yeah. So I call it personal and, and performance yeah, or business, yeah, yeah. right? So what you'll find, and I love this line, which I'm going to share with you, is you you either grow together amicably or you grow apart amicably. Yeah. If there isn't challenge, there's no growth. You just don't want challenge all the time. Yeah. And sometimes people's natural uh, line of evolution is to, that you do grow apart. And when you stop each other growing, you're not supposed to be together that's anymore. Right. That doesn't mean have a midlife crisis that's, and say, fuck great. you, I want to run away with somebody else. Mm. I'm just saying that we have this belief system that because you fall in love and you marry, that you're supposed to stay together mm. or because you're not getting on, you're supposed to divorce. Yeah. It's never that clean and simple. Like you, you've got to make conscious choices and some people are supposed to stay together and sometimes people people's children grow up and what they were supposed to do was bring kids into the world but to, to have a you know a part two of their yeah. life so it's never it's never that clean cut so I'm as much as it's tragic that Andy isn't here and you know that there isn't really a moment where I'm like my you know son graduated last week oh, and I'm yeah. watching this incredible young dude on the stage and I'm like not it wasn't I'm so sad my husband isn't here it was like what a bum deal that Andy yeah. doesn't get to see this amazing man. For both of them and for him too. For ab absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, I, um, you were talking earlier about sort of the evolution of our bodies, you know, and I, I, can't, I can't get this you out of my exactly head. look exactly this. I've seen him with hair when I first saw that photo. I will say when my wife married me, I was a much better looking human than I am now. We have this double mirror that goes in this weird angle <laughs> in our bedroom. And I was comfortably, I, I just would just walk through the house naked. I've got no problem. We have the oddest place for a, our showers in the kitchen. <laughs> Like so odd, yeah. and our bedroom's the other end of the house. So there is a period where there's just you know walking nakedness, through the house, nakedness everywhere, and um and it's less now. But I remember standing in the mirror not probably three years ago and seeing my butt in the reverse mirror. Oh right, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't handle and one of those. And just went to my reverse. wife. I am sorry, I will never walk through the house again, naked <laughs> ever again. Everything just looked different to how I imagined. Oh, I just went, so Ralph, that's what you're staring at all these years? But Nick's I gotta, probably saying the same thing. I'm wearing itself. a towel. I apologise. So it's never, yeah, it's just, we just changed. She laughed. She gave me a hug. We move on. But, you yeah. know, that's a really important piece, right? Because when you've grown together, and I, like, I can say this, there's this really interesting thing, because when you've grown to each other, you, you love each other, right? Mm. You've watched the you've watched the tits start there or the testicles start there, and then you're seeing them like, you know, Ricky Gervais, <laughs> talks about them floating in the bath I yeah. was like literally looking like I was like did somebody suck out what was inside my boobs in the night because they're just like they're just empty and what happens is you deeply love someone right so and I've I've held someone to dying in my arms mm. and watched their body break down and I'm sorry if this upsets anyone mm. and had to wipe their you know, their bar and mm. do all sorts of things. But none of that, like you love that mm, person, yeah. right? You don't, it, it's not something that becomes anything other than a sign of love. Mm. And when you grow older, someone every day, you, you don't notice the little incremental changes, right? Cut to me whose husband died, you know, 10 years ago now, who met them at 24, mm. who's had two babies, who's nearly hitting 50. Everything's changing, whether yeah, yeah. you like it or not, however much I try and fill it and shape it or whatever. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like looking at people and I'm like, you fucking creepy stalker. You're looking at somebody who's only a little bit older than your son because that's the last time you were actually on the market. Yeah, yeah. Or you're then looking and you're like, hang on a sec. 
that's supposed to be my age bracket that I would be with. And I'm like, that dude looks very much like my grandfather, you know, like, and so, but also it's like, will they love me when I take my clothes off? And it looks like this because you don't, you haven't grown old with or mm. older with. Yeah. And so it's a very strange place to come to in your own evolution, your own ego, your mm. own insecurities to go, you know, because I am finally ready. I, I, I can yeah. honestly say there hasn't been space in our worlds for someone, but finally there is, yeah. you know, the kids are big enough now. They're like, mom, mm. get a fucking boyfriend you know yeah, you yeah. can't so so this is sort of <laughs> there's this interesting stage where you you have to be open to it's very exposing to meeting somebody new yeah. to see you for who you are yeah. and not who you think you were supposed to be it, it is interesting though i've got a few friends we've, we've both got a few friends that are single again and it's just when you see them do that losing the weight and it's like even the joking oh you must be single it's like that funny feeling when you you know mid 40s approaching 50 where it's wow you look great you wouldn't be together if you look like that you know it's sort of a weird it's like <laughs> we've, we got, look, a, we've got a mutual mate that. who's all of a sudden a DJ with new hair and an amazing body it's like, that, at is, 50, that is it's brilliant like, he's mixing decks again it's like <laughs> yeah it's like you know he's got, he's got to get out there yeah. but I, I think just on the end of relationship conversation I do think as well there's this really interesting piece um, in looking at life in stages and going, okay, well, this person has, we've lived together through these stages. And it's a bit like a career or anything you do. I, I look at life in terms of, okay, this next chapter, which is with the, you know, the kids still circulating, but you know, this next chapter, 50, the next decade is 60. Mm. And then 60 to 70, I always look at it in what is possible physically, you know, yeah. mentally, yeah, yeah. if you're lucky in the next 10 years. And I go, okay, you start to look at partners in different ways. It's yeah, not just about sure. being sexually attracted to them. No, totally. That's that's almost, the, that, that's necessary for the beginning part. Yeah. But it's who is totally. starting to look at shared values, but also who is this person that's going to adjust my limp and we're actually going to be able to walk beside each other and do yeah. the things, experience the things, that. see the things. Adjust my limp, I like that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And laugh. I don't know. You've, oh, you've la that's number laugh. one. That's, laugh is I'm number with you. one. La laughter and, and watching something. It doesn't have to be the same. You like different movies. Or but just to laugh together, like I, I still maintain that, that when I see Ren and I, that, that laughter together is just, that's the best. A absolutely. The best. It's, yeah. it's everything. He's not favourable because of the We Too movement, but I will confess one of my favourite comedians who I still love is Louis C.K. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, he's, know, back, he's back now, he's, though. Oh, yeah, I, somehow just, he just came back. I saw that he's I been just, forgiven now. Well, I was just watching him. He's got... You go online he's yeah, you can and and i just i just love that that deeply dark inappropriate humor and mm. it, for anybody that you partner with friend or colleague or you know business partner that that has to be the essence of what uh, it, it has if, if someone i couldn't imagine being with someone that didn't laugh or even yeah there's the sense of humor thing you know Power five. You ready? Let's I'm wrap ready. it up. So uh, if you had a number one song, what are you gonna what's your song that you're gonna sing to? What what's the what are you putting on for a good time? Or a sad time? Or a happy time? Or a safe time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or romantic time. I look, I said to the kids the other day, one of my funeral songs is Nina Simone and I'm feeling good. Okay. And I said you have to play it first and everyone's like, ooh, crying, cool. hopefully. But then you have to like ramp it up and there's this epic house version of it as well yeah, right. where everybody actually has to because nina's one of my most inspiring women yes incredible human being that changed the face of 
well, for women, feminism, like everything. So it would definitely have to be Nina's Simone feeling good, the different versions, like they're solely rich and raw and guttural, and then one with a bit of a beat in the background. Perfect. Okay, favourite cuss word? I, I love, you have to say fuck, because yes, especially if you're a little bit posh like me. More guttural, I love, I love yeah. it. And you do say it very well. I just, yeah, it's you can say it in a really naughty way. or And also from a psychological perspective, it's a really good way of disrupting people's thinking. So often when I'm in a very kind of formal structure, I'll slip in a very posh fuck yeah. and people will sit up. And you'll see certain people using it. So if you use it effectively, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's an incredible word. Stephen Fry always talks about that. He's one of the you know smartest men on the planet and his way of English. And then he'll say fuck, but he'll say it with such a reverence mm, that mm. gives it a gravitas. Mm. It's not like he knows more words than anyone. And so, yeah. It's intention. It's consciousness and intention in using words. And I'm Not just if you're being lazy, like we mm. use it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then my second favourite word is, and it's a bit of a hybrid, yep. and Andy and I used to say it all the time, and we're English, so we get the, like, we're allowed, is... You're in a bit of a cuntish mood today. Cuntish ben. is good. That's cuntish. I, it's my absolute favourite. Like, he's being a bit cuntish. And, or, or, or Andy would lean across the <laughs> table and he's like, you're being a bit cuntish today, yeah, darling. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of, it's enough, but it's not too much. Four. Bedside table. What's on your bedside table? Hang on, we've missed three. We're on three. We're halfway. Okay, great. We've just mixed them up. It is a bit, yeah, I think we're... Boring question. Okay, Okay. well, yeah, no, that's... Don't want to talk about it? (laughs) Cut cut it out. I have two books on my bedside table. That's really beautiful little ceramic of steps and a lamp. That's a bit generic. What's the book? That's a bit generic. What are you reading? There's, there's, there are two books, what... Which one is a it's a textbook on how the brain yeah. works, mm. and the other is a book on poetry. But yes, well, yeah, I'm reading many books. <laughs> when we had our first podcast interview with Tim Ross, we asked him. Well, so fuckwit, fuckwit is it? I think that's a fantastic fuckwit again hybrid. Word. Fuckwit is a so great he just word. goes. He just loved the A grade fuckwit. So we've always decided. To, we've asked we've, people. Some people don't want to who's answer. Your, uh, who's your number one A grade fuckwit? It's well, like no, the there's, there's many people I think are fuckwits. I just don't know if I should say it loudly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, well, we just made this up today. It's the first time we've asked yeah. this. How can we be better at podcasting? I like there's a couple of things that I would have loved to have done today, especially when we had that really nice little moment where we just came back as a threesome. Mm. Um, it, I think it would be really great because I am all about asking questions, right? If, if you'd I'd ask ha- questions. If I'd had to ask you to yeah, a question oh, where you good. had to be a little bit more exposed, because when we ask ourselves questions, well, we forget, to, we just tell ourselves answers, right? We tell ourselves what we're shit at, or we ask ourselves, mm. what if this goes wrong? Or mm, you know, right? mm, mm. So it's all about the questions you ask other people you ask yourself that allows us to kind of move forward or yeah. experience things differently. So I always like to say to people, like, what's one question that you wished you'd asked yourself earlier in life that would have helped you? If I do this now, what will my life look like in a year from now? And so it's asking myself to look, think a bit bigger and a bit broader and a bit broader and more into the future to say if, cause I mean, when I make a decision now, it's not just make a decision for me, it's three kids and a, and a wife, we're a, we're a team. And so it's like, if I choose to do this, will it take me away from them? Will it take me away from the thing that I set out to do yesterday that I agreed to do 90 days ago? And mm. so for me, it's, and I learned this really late in life and God, I've got so many lessons I've learned late in life that I wish I knew, but that, that to me is the one. It's like, if I choose to, to put my time and energy into this, it's like, why? And, and the other one I tell my daughter all the time is just follow your feet, you know, like you, you, they know where they're going. Don't think too much, you know. I'd love to be a pure artist and I'm not there yet. And I, it's what I grapple with all the time because I still care about what people think. Mm. And so I think whether that's, what am I doing? But a bit of yours as well. I'm doing, is that going to be okay? Is, is that, that going to review well? Maybe working in the commercial world as well. I, I, I'm worried that 
all the pure artists, the David Lynch's of the world and the filmmakers couldn't give a fuck how many people watch mm-hmm. his movies. They couldn't care less who, yeah, how it rates or the, what the critics say about it. I'm still hung up on that a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's that commercial bent which I think is always going to stop you from being the purest Luke as an artist I can be. Um, so what's the question is like if people didn't if, – if I didn't care what people think or thought, what would I do? Exactly. I don't know what would come out of me. I think it would be magical. I'm hopefully trying to get to a place where – I'm still, when I'm writing, I'm still thinking about how that's going to be received. I mean, even to a point with this podcast, I love the fact that you sort of said, leave that in. This should be truth, Mm -hmm. you know, like if we disagree, that's great. If we, you know, like we don't always have to just have this beautifully commercially tailored product Mm -hmm. as if we're selling something, just go with it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think my art is still suffering from a little bit of, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to market it at the same time as write it. And I think that's – you can do that with some things you've got to do that with, but I think, you know, I mean, the, yeah. Well, it's the duality with creativity. So when I work with lots of different, you know, yeah. artists as well, is you've got to have, like, full expression of the, like, if I didn't give a fuck what people thought, if this wasn't about money or if I didn't have to edit this, what's this? And then we'll come back of to Of course. Like, oh, you've got to come back to it. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. and or not sometimes. Like, that's, that's the tough part. Oh, this has been epic. Oh, so good. So good. Thank you, Vashti. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a great force, you two together. Oh, thank you. Really fantastic. Well, I feel better now. See ya. See ya.